right, everyone. Oh boy. Sorry to sorry to drop this on you all like this, but uh, that was, as you can imagine, the opening to Chrono Trigger. And I've foretold this moment for many years what that may bring and what that means. And unfortunately, that does mean uh, VG Empire will be going on essentially a hiatus, a.k.a. the end, more or less. Uh, hi, this is Brett, by the way. <laughs> this is Patrick Kulikowski, and I imagine everyone's shutting this off now. <laughs> shutting it off. Uh, yeah, so it's just, if you've... Uh, I have long said I didn't really want to do a Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross episode because it's, you know, the music is insanely good, and it's well represented everywhere, and you don't need me to tell you guys it's good. Um, but it's obviously worth talking about and doing, but mm. I've, I've always felt these soundtracks are so good and so important to me personally and and many many people uh that if i ever did this show i would basically use it as like the great send-off for the show mm. um this is episode 150 so it is a momentous occasion Indeed. we ma- made it to 150 so the timing works out really well yep. so we get to do 150th episode and it's the chrono trigger one and it's like this is as good a time as any to send that off and the reason there's a few reasons the main one being it's already been pretty tough to be consistent with this mm. and rather because, for example, I did the 100th episode 2015. That was four years ago. And in four years, we've only done 50 episodes. Don't remind me that that was four years ago. Uh, <laughs> you're telling me. Uh, oh but here we are, and it took four years to do 50 episodes. So rather than have it kind of languish on in this sort of on, sort of off state, I I at least want to get this done mm. and act as if, okay, even if we never do any more, we at least got this done and then I don't feel, you know, kind of bad for not having new episodes for months at a time, sometimes four <laughs> or five months at a time. Um, that does not mean uh, literally never again. Yeah. It just means, at least for the foreseeable future, I do not foresee episodes. Right. And rather than this kind of just, you know, be nowhere. It's a nebulous thing. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather people know. And so, yeah, not a forever never again, because believe me, uh, when my schedule or time allow me to do that, uh, absolutely, I will get back on that. Um, and my hope is maybe this is just like a year or two thing. Maybe it's a five-year thing. Maybe it's a oh, – I was going to say maybe it's a two-week thing. It's not <laughs> a two-week thing. But uh, even if even if it takes a year or two to get back, I would love to. But, you know, we should consider this the end for now. But um, as Chrono Trigger will tell us, time is relative. And uh, blink and you will miss – this gap, and uh, I'm sure whenever you listen to whatever the next episode in the feed is, you'll be like, remember when they said the show was con- going to uh, cancel? Right. Well, <laughs> never mind. It's back. So yeah. just want to get that covered up right up in the front. But, again, thank you, everybody, for listening all these all this time, all 150 episodes, plus the VG minis that I decided to experiment with. Uh, and if you add those into the actual episode count, um, maybe I did that already. I can't even remember. Did, mm. I, did I marvel that and add my spinoff series into my main numbering? I'm not sure, actually. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, Bring Us In was, well, it used to be called The Premonition, right? But it's a Presentiment, I think, is the official. I might be wrong there. But they're, they're, uh, so uh, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross both recently got uh, Revival Disc re-releases this year uh, from Square Enix. And um, they're specifically on Blu-rays. But with these releases, they finally have like the final set in stone mm. English track titles for hmm. for both games and i think chrono trigger had it before but chrono, for chrono cross it was definitely like the first like set in stone yeah. track titles so um but yeah like a, as it always is with translating between you know from japanese the original japanese there's always 
deviations into yep. English. And uh, so you can go either way. I mean, I like presentiment myself. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah. that's the title screen. As soon as you turn the game on, you get uh, a, a pendulum tick, ticking, talking yep. back and forth in a great, like, I don't know what that animation style is, but it's, you know, super zoomed in on this pendulum and yeah. then it zooms out. And, and then you go into this opening track, which was Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And I, so iconic. And it's... It's basically an attract mode for a game that you've already purchased. Right. Where it, it, it straight up spoils pieces of the game and set pieces. Right, and like you see parts of Robo's like segments yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And you, you, you see, but basically what when I watched it again, thinking of like how would I talk about this, it's basically you're watching a movie trailer yeah. that's showing you the events of the game. And back in the day, I mean, and even now, like when you watch a lot of RPG trailers, I guess it's more common now to see events out of sequence and stuff, but yeah. back in 95, when you weren't getting, you know, there's no YouTube, there's no, there's barely an internet, to be frank. Right, uh, right. And you were not seeing of anything that wasn't meant for you to be seen in a screenshot, you didn't see. And even a screenshot, out of context, it's not really going to do much in our, like, it's, okay, right. there's a town with snow in it, okay. Right. But seeing these moments play out like wow what an incredible adventure I'm about to go on like who are all these characters where right. are these where are these locations this looks big and sweeping and, and we're going here and there and future past like this is crazy and so to kick it all off with that music that also has that main theme that you're going to hear reprised right <laughs> reprised yeah. uh, numerous times uh that motif that motif yeah. that and, and I and that that main motif that you'll hear again and again immediately like Melts me to my core, <laughs> and I it, and I can't really tell you why. It's there's just something about this game and this soundtrack that yeah. when I hear the music, and I've used the song that will end the episode, or, or actually not in the episode. I got a better idea in mind for that, mm. but uh, the the ending song I've used to like send myself off from my games radar days. I've used mm-hmm. to send myself off from uh, in the hundredth episode. I think we all picked our favorite tracks, I and I think that. I yeah. used it there. But lots of very impactful, important moments in my life have somehow had that song in my mind mm. and this whole soundtrack. So really excited to talk about this, but I am not, you know, I'm not an expert in the story or the uh, compositions themselves. It's oh, just uh, this is, you know, it's beloved by uh, literally millions of people at this point. Yeah. So uh, just wanted to actually do this episode. And, yeah. Uh, an insane soundtrack that we're about to talk about. I was going to say uh, about the, going back to the track mode real quick, uh, yeah, in all my previous experiences before Chrono Trigger with RPGs, waiting past the title screen, it was always just prologue material. Yeah, uh, to set you up. Yeah, you never really saw anything far, far in advance. Yeah, like that, so that was pretty neat. Yeah. So, uh, Chrono Trigger released in the Super, released on the Super NES in 1995, and that's the original one that most people would, you know, relate yeah. the game back to. Yeah. Um, that's right on the edge of the PlayStation 1 launching uh, mere weeks away. Mm. Uh, Killer Instinct on Super NES also launching right on top of this. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this, is, this game is also the beginning of my freshman year of high school, so I'll let that date me uh, as well. And so I really associate starting high school with Killer Instinct and Chrono Trigger, which is... In 95, such... I was starting first grade. God, <laughs> that is sinful. I will take my leave. Goodbye. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but, but Ch- children should not be allowed. But a, a few a few years after that, because I was o- I was always a late comer to all SNES games, pretty much because I got a late start. Sure, like I only got into RPGs like late '95 or with Breath of Fire or whatnot. But mm. with Chrono Trigger, I recall seeing an ad 
in like a back issue of game pro and just immediately being taken aback by first off the art style yeah which um yeah i, I wasn't into anime at the time yeah uh, still still a pretty young kid but i was taken aback by the art style the the presentation and the um just the screen the screenshots alone it was like the the, the best looking 2d snes graphics i had ever seen yeah at that point it's an it's a beautiful game yeah. and uh Really quick, it did then re-release uh, on PlayStation One as part of Final Fantasy Chronicles, I re- I remember which that. was I... like the, "Hey Brett, we made a two-in-one pack just for you. It's Final <laughs> Fantasy IV and four. Chrono Trigger, four with a better translation." Yeah, uh, and I'm like, yeah. "Are you serious? Yeah. This is this is literally how could you?" Yeah. Um, but I, I I'd finished FF4 in that. I don't think I finished Chrono Trigger in that version. Yeah, that that port was a little. I mean, it's dated definitely by today's standards because it took. I, I remember counting. It's like nine seconds to load into the menu screen. Yeah, I can't deal that. with that. But it was the best that that one could get in terms of like getting SNES or yeah. mid '90s ports to yeah. uh, to other consoles. So and then uh, 2009, uh, a port that I did finish uh, to the Nintendo DS. Um, 14 years after the Super NES yeah. version. I did finish that one. Can I be controversial? I kind of feel like the DS version is the definitive version of that game. I, it very well could be. Yeah. I, I don't recall any noticeable differences, but I also wasn't like going... I, that's not why I was playing it. Right. Um, New and, localization, okay. for one. And the music had to be redone, but mm. Mitsuda, Yasunori Mitsuda, the composer, oversaw that. Oh, okay. So you can tell that the approximations are as close as they can be to the SNES sound mm. font as possible. So. And then uh, came to PC in 2018, apparently. Last year, yeah, on Steam. Oh, it was yes. based on the iOS version, and it caught some ire, but what I was really impressed with to to spin this into more of a positive is they uh, definitely got... Fe- they read the feedback, and there were many, many patches hmm. uh, unleashed on the Steam version to make it as close to the DS version as possible it's not a hundred percent there mm-hmm. but it's in a way better shape than it was at launch yeah they tried they, they tried yeah that's and good. uh why it's not out on other consoles at this mm. point i mean that's just a money pile that i think they're probably sitting yeah. on right now and, so. and not, not to get too caught up in like <laughs> the game and the the legacy before we even move forward it's just yeah. like uh it is bonkers so it's released you know a handful of times across the last over 20 years now, yeah. 95 to 05, 2015, into 2020. Uh, but <clears throat> it's really strange that this series ended with Cross yeah. and just never went. But uh, you can kind of imagine why. Uh, a little bit of a political situation when you get into how Chrono Trigger got started. Mm. Um, and this is the Cliff Notes version for sure, But because uh, we're here to talk about the soundtrack, not necessarily the minutia of how and why, but... Right. Uh, this is a dream team of people working on a Super Nintendo RPG. So you have character designs by Akira Toriyama, who this is ni- like early 95, 94-ish, probably when they would have been talking about the game, being mm-hmm. in magazines and stuff, and it releases in the U.S. in 95. This is like, I would argue, like peak, late peak Dragon Ball Z in Japan. So I don't know if like Perfect Cell might have been wrapping up at that time in Japan, or they might have been in Majin Buu, but it's like hot, hot, hot. Akira Toriyama Dragon Ball Z is hot, right? right. Um, let alone Dragon Quest, right? Mm, even yeah. even even ignoring that, like Dragon Ball and Dragon Quest, insane. So you now have a SquareSoft RPG, and Square is killing it with Final Fantasy, Secret of Mana. Like mm-hmm. stuff is doing even in the even in the US. Like it's yeah. it's Square is a known thing. Game design by Hironobu Sakaguchi, creator of Final Fantasy, yeah. 
And plus Yuji Hori, the creator of Dragon Quest, is also part of this. Yeah, and they call that the Dream Team. The Dream Team. <laughs> and composed by Yasunori Mitsuda with one track uh, by Noriko Matsueda. And uh, Nobuo Yamatsu even uh, yeah. contributed a couple of tracks here and there. Yeah, yeah. Which so it's just all around an insane mixture of Square and Enix people before they really mixed. Yeah. And now that they are one giant company, you'd think like, well, surely this isn't that big a deal anymore, right? But a lot of notable people mm. in the room. And even when they, when Chrono Cross comes out, Akira Toriyama's work is not the basis of it. Right. So that already is kind of, okay. But a dream team for sure. Like to have a game that is these Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest people coming together with the Dragon Ball artist and these incredible composers. It's like this was an incredible feat um, and it shows. The game excels in all these different ways, and it gets a lot of hype, and you could argue it's overrated, um, but I think it's actually an adequately rated game. Where Agreed. I've only played through it twice in my life that I can recall, once on Super NES, absolutely adored it, and then listened to the soundtrack for nine years, and then bought the DS one and beat that. Mm. And both times I'm like, this was stupendous. Yeah. Um, a great pacing, too. <laughs> like, just thinking back on it, there's never really like any kind of lulls. It, the the game is always taking you on a trip, and yeah. it's actually, uh, if you think about it, it's not that long of an RPG. Yeah, um, I have no memory of how long it even was. Uh, I mean, but it's not like an eighty-hour thing. Yeah, at like all. probably thirty or less. Yeah. Even even with all the side quests, thirty-five or less. I would I would say, but yeah. um, it's also well paced, mm. and you're always seeing something interesting or. Yep. Some kind of cool scene happening. So Yeah. I mean yeah. I probably not put half of that into Monster Hunter this weekend. <laughs> so uh like And you, and you not to mention the uh the time travel, which is like the core aspect yeah. of the game and which I feel like has not been replicated as well. To my no- like and granted a lot there's a lot more RPGs now than there were back then, yeah. but to my knowledge, nothing I've played at least yeah. kinda kinda did the same thing. But I guess really quick uh, just the gameplay itself. Obviously, it's an mm. RPG, so the guts of it are this battle—a battle system that you're going to be stuck in repeatedly, <laughs> and then the yeah. story around that battle system. Yeah. Um, Gameplay—you move around the screen like Secret of Mana, so you actually have direct control of your character moving around a 3D or you know overhead 2D map. Mm-hmm. But there's no transition from overworld into battle. The enemies are on the screen, so you can try to avoid them. Sometimes they ambush you, yeah. and then you engage directly in that screen. Um, but you engage with them. Blah, blah, blah. And then combat begins pretty straightforward where it's, you know, fight, use items, whatever. And then you just pops up, like, yeah. on the field just like that. Yeah, yeah and they did, yeah, it's a very, very seamless transition. Yeah. But over time, and this gets to, like, the heart of friendship and cooperation and teamwork that the game really pushes you, uh, that really pushes you, pushes at you, right? Um, that the battle system is even built around these techniques that characters learn the more they fight with each other they gain these unique abilities like one of the you know simple ones is chrono and frog having x strike where they will crisscross an enemy together and deal big damage or dual tech triple tech yeah and then there's like a triple tech arc impulse is the one i remember and even the cover of the game where they're in weirdly snow and winter themed when i'm like I do not picture ice and snow with this game. Right, and Mar- uh, Marley or Marl, we'll get yeah. into pronunciations later. Yeah. Uh, it's like in she, the ground. And she's she's on the ground, and she's wearing like this purple overcoat, which yeah. <laughs> she never wears. It's very game. much like a piece of art you would see in an art book, yeah. not something I would expect for the cover. Yeah, And it's like, 
Okay. But it's so awesome looking. But they are kind of doing one of those texts where, like, uh, Chrono's sword is on fire because Luke is lighting it on fire. That's or, that's right. Or uh, Mar- Marlos. Marlos. Oh, she, yeah. right. She's lighting on fire. <laughs> Derp. And Frog is, like, laying on the ground ready, I think, to jump up. That's right. Because I think that might be Arc Impulse even. Um, but they're trying to communicate to you, like, hey, all three of these characters working together to do yeah. this attack. But that's the, the short version. And then, I mean, everything just builds off of that. You, you find all these characters across time. Um, and go on this crazy journey. So we'll get into the story a little bit after this song break. But uh, again, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, who we mix, uh, mentioned before, um, most known, I would say, at this point for this in Chrono Cross, yeah. although the list of other things... Like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 more recently. Yeah, it just saying. goes on and on. Yeah. Um, I don't know, was there, like, what are other... I thought we had a list of other things in here that we could shout out as like, oh, and he also did. Uh, I, I can definitely speak to... Noriko Matsueda also composed uh, Bahamut Lagoon, which uh. never came out here. <laughs> Good mm. soundtrack. Mm. But uh, Mitsuda largely... Arkwright's Fantasia, I remember. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, he also did the uh, the soundtrack to Mario Party, the first one. What? That was him. <laughs> Mitsuda did Mario Party. When I saw that, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Wow. And then Uematsu, I mean... Yeah. Almost just really doesn't need an introduction, right? Yeah, uh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Out the, the yin-yang. King, King's Knight. <laughs> um, yeah, just looking really quick at like composition for Yasunori Mitsuda. Bomberman 64 with Others, which is a cool <laughs> soundtrack, which we, uh, we never got to, unfortunately. Tobal to number one. Um, Xenogears. I, oh, yeah. You, you can't forget Xenogears. Xenogears is yeah. incredible. Um, Xenosaga no. Episode 1. No. Uh, lots of things in there, but I mean... Shadow Hearts. Right? Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, and most recently, like you said, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, as well as Valkyria Revolution. But again, tons and tons of stuff. But apparently had a hand a little bit in sound design for sound effects and programming for Secret of Mana and the Seventh Saga, everybody. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that about Seventh Saga. I, oh. I really liked that game, question mark. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we'll get into... Uh, four, so also, uh, normal the normal uh, rules I have about, like, I don't want to just play tons and tons of songs cannot help myself with this because yeah. one it's the last episode of the show and two i mean this whole soundtrack is insane and yep. there's a lot to talk about and also for what it's worth by waiting uh the show started in 2011 <laughs> so <laughs> by waiting this long uh these are now on spotify aren't they uh yeah so just recently square enix finally released uh the ds version of the chrono trigger soundtrack which but is odd but it, it's a little odd but uh, i mean i guess with the v- revival disc out there uh sure. chrono cross uh soundtrack is on there the original cd version mm. and um uh i think it's called to far away times which is that uh a few years ago mitsuda released a, an arrangement album mm. of Trigger and Cross stuff, mm. which is really, really good. So Yeah, and all this, yeah. you know, normally f- eight years ago when we started the show, it would be like, uh, you have to listen on the internet or just... YouTube. <laughs> y- YouTube or go to Japan, buy the discs there. Uh, frankly, these uh, these are actually still very easy to find in yeah, Japan. Yeah, and they're affordable for OSTs, like 30, 30-ish. Yeah, and even if you go to like, I mean, you got to be near a city most likely, but yeah. even going to the Japan town we have in San Francisco, like you will... You will, even though the game music soundtracks have gotten slimmer and slimmer as more and more anime and Idol Master soundtracks show up, <laughs> but uh, you're almost always guaranteed to find Chrono Trigger and or Cross anytime you're anywhere that sells game music yeah. or or Japanese CD imports. Period. Absolutely. Um, very so actually very attainable, which is great. So we're gonna go into four songs, um, and these actually are kind of a sequential uh, trip through the game. So 
You start as Chrono, wake up in bed, which is the most atypical <laughs> JRPG. Like, wait, time to get up? You're late for something. I mean, at least his house isn't on fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then you go to the Millennial Fair because it's the year 1000, and it's like, oh, it's a big celebration. Where they had their avocado toast. Did they? <laughs> no, that was a millennial joke. Oh, I see. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm sorry. As as neither millennial nor Gen X, I I I relate to no one. Uh, but uh, Guardian, the Guardian Millennial Fair, which is this perfect carnival music, playful, captures uh, the sense of summertime and being a kid ready to roam. Just like your parents, like yeah, hey, get away, go go over there, and you just walk around and look at this, look at that. Uh, it was super fun. Like before you even get to the meat and potatoes of the game, you can just fart around in, yeah. in this fair, and it and was really fun. There's all these like cute sprites and and keep yep. things going on and you get a sense that there's a small town putting a party together yep. and it's a it's a great preamble to an insane adventure that's about to unfold it's a very normal quote-unquote beginning yeah um there's no like the world is in danger or i'm a cursed knight right or something it's just i okay there's yeah. wacky regular day i'm, I'm fighting a, a giant cat robot for whatever reason that yeah. sings to me <laughs> yeah, yeah that does sing <laughs> um so then uh we'll go into after guardian millennial fair uh, we go to Memories of Green, which I get is this like a thoughtful, melancholic uh, reprise of that main theme, that main motif, and usually plays when like new revelations or plot are going down. And I think mm. this is where it starts getting into moral or wait a minute, you have this pendant, and why is it reacting with Luca's teleportation machine? Mm. And that instead of just teleporting you from pod A to pod B, sends her back in time, and now we don't know what happened. So Chrono runs in. Also, his name is Chrono. <laughs> Uh, without the H. <laughs> without the H, but don't name your kids events or things that could really dictate the adventure they go on. Um, just run-of-the-mill names, please. Um, and then after that is wind scene. So you end up going... I, I did 1602 thinking of the Marvel series. There was a series <laughs> called 1602. Oh, boy. Uh, present, present day in Chrono Trigger is, is 1,000. 1,000, yeah. Uh, but this is 680. So That's right. So you go back in time, so it's much more medieval, but it's still the same like continent and the same yeah. general. Like This is you know your ancestors, essentially. Exactly. Um, after Lucas' teleporting machine interacts with Marvel's pendant, um, so you get traveled back and seen. Wind scene is another one of those classic overworld um, songs that everyone who knows these tracks know. So good. And then after that is Secret of the Forest. And I think this is when you're roaming around the woods and you're like looking for Frog, uh, who is a frog. Um, but it's this amazing piano and the clarity and choice of instruments. It, it's just like peak Super NES. Yep. That mixture of programming knowledge and it and instrumentation choice like instrument yeah. choice love the bass backing oh the bass super good it's and so good it's just so calm but like also mysterious yeah uh, it, really one of the most beautiful tracks it's I incredible think. uh and yeah. so this takes you these four songs go from this kind of peppy up you know peppy opening mm. like off to go have a fun day at the fair to something weird is happening thrown back in time and then secret of the forest is now like you're out trying to put these pieces together why is this happening mm. we heard there's someone who's a frog <laughs> that might be able to help us you also cross the woods to get to the guardia castle oh well. okay I remember that yeah the, well. the yeah. specific sequence events i'm a little rusty on but yeah we'll do these four tracks and be back
It's just so clean. Man. Uh, so good. Beautiful. Just be- beautiful sampling, too. It's yeah. just, you've never heard any of these sound fonts, like, in yeah. an SNES As much before. as we can go on about FF4 and 6's soundtrack, Secret of Mana, yeah. and plenty of other Super NES soundtracks, there's just, to me, this extra layer of, we've got this system figured out. Yep. Um, <laughs> that really comes through. Love the hope the, part of the Millennial Fair. The bum, um, bum, and undoubtedly, a- anytime I see that track performed live at MAGFest, they always have the audience go, hope. Call, call and response. <laughs> um, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Memories of Green, I'm always reminded of, like, the first time I heard that track, like, you, you go south of Chrono's dwelling mm-hmm. to the other, the neighboring town or whatever, and it just comes on and... I, I just recall feeling, why is everything so sad all of a sudden? Like it's almost like a premonition of, in in a way of like all the all the stuff you're about to experience, yeah, um, all the revelations, yeah, and whatnot, yeah. Um, and then wind scene just reminds me of like the feeling of you look you're in a place that looks familiar, but something mm. feels off, yeah. Uh, before you realize that you've traveled in time mm-hmm. in a way, kind of like how Marty felt. When you travel back to 1955, I get that same feeling. I get it. Uh, it's perfect. And then, yeah, Secret of the Forest. Good God. It's just yeah, beautiful. It's, um, so atmospheric. Yeah, and there's all kinds of accents. Like uh, like you met, you pointed out this. Yeah, whatever. like a call. Like some kind of like. Like a chant or something. Yeah, like a chant or a creature like moaning yeah, or something. And it's yeah. totally something that could absolutely be removed and the song would lose almost nothing. Yeah. But it's just this extra accent makes like a it, it gave me like a howling wind, or you just feel kind of exposed and vulnerable, yeah. and it's mysterious and it's again just the perfect the, forest theme. <laughs> yeah, the perfect forest theme for sure, and just <laughs> such a great job of again using the incredibly limited channels of this of this machine mm. to get this result. It's yeah. it's incredible. So great stuff already. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did do when I was sick like a few months ago is I watched a summary of the in-game chronology and and how events play out in the game as a result of your time traveling. Ah. There was a good uh, summary of this Zygor gaming channel. The in-game chronology runs from 65 million BC. Right, the prehistoric era. Prehistoric era uh, to 2380. And it runs through that chronology of, like, here is what happens if Chrono and everyone do nothing. Like, this is the right. actual events of the world. Right. L- Lavos wins. Yeah, basically Lavos wins, who's the main villain, but is also, like, you know, an alien parasite that bores its way into the Earth and far into the past. Yeah. Um, which also, this, for what it's worth, this game came out, like, a year after Star Trek The Next Generation ended. And the, <laughs> the last episode of Next Generation is the best Next Generation movie they ever made even though it's a TV show. Um, it's a great 90-minute when you know when you take the commercials out of a two-hour final broadcast, um, but it's a very similar thing where the problem they are trying to solve happens in the past, mm. but the future is actually affecting everything. It's like this thing rippling backwards through time. Wow. Uh, I absolutely love that episode. Um, it's called uh, All Good Things, which is great. <laughs> but uh, it is one of my favorite next-gen episodes and I think is one of the best series finales of any show ever. Mm. But similar thing where something happens way, way in the past to influence everything, but the future can play with that. Uh, that is obviously not how the events unfold in Chrono Trigger. Right. There's a separate timeline that's the Chrono timeline uh, that show how events play out in the game as 
as a result of your time traveling where you you start in 1000 AD, then you go to 600, but then I think from 600 you're like shot to a different time and then a different time. Yeah. There's like a there's bouncing out around a lot because yeah. But at at that point you don't have your time machine, so you, uh the events you, bounce you around. Yeah, the events bounce you around and you're kind of beholden to wherever a portal decides to open up with Luca's time key that she, she yeah. creates. Yeah. Like a lot of silly things happen to throw you into an apocalyptic future yeah. or into this other, you know, it's the past, but it has this antiquity feeling of enlightenment, but it's a floating city. We'll get to all that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was a great summary. Uh, but again, that is one of those things that makes this game feel so distinct and bigger than other RPGs of the day where yeah. you were not experiencing a sequential story. Like you were also having to keep track of some stuff mentally yourself, but the mm. game did such a good job of here's a complicated as hell time traveling story. Makes sense. Yeah. Like there's there's a couple of hand wavy like, and this works because science or magic or whatever. And it's this total Star Trek logic of, yeah, we're just going to say a word and that's a technology we have and that's why this works. Inertial dampeners, everyone. But then there's these fascinating moments, like even in the side quests where just the actions you make in the past change the future. Yeah. And it's it's so cool to, to see that happen in the game. Like even just little things like you gave this item to this mm. one family, so that's going to affect... Yeah, all these other events in the future. Yeah. So it's really, it's really fascinating. Yeah, um, we can go into three more tracks. Um, two of them, are, two of these will be battle themes. So up to first yeah. is battle one, which battle music for any final uh, for any RPG is going to be very, very important. Oh yeah. So the battle, the battle one theme for Chrono Trigger. Love the bass guitar in this. It's yeah. very bass led, which mm. makes me like, is that just a thing? Mitsuro is like. Yeah, I love bass guitar. Like, put put that front and center. It's not a backing thing at all. Yeah, it makes me wonder. It's so it's very unique for a battle theme. It starts out minimalistic like that with just yeah. the bass groove, mm-hmm. but then you know, more, more things kick into gear, like lots of synths and yeah. really really cool drumming as well. Yeah, it gets going, but yeah. then I still feel like it's never as wild and fanfare as Final Fantasy IV. Not at all, and not yeah. as like hard as six because six has a little guitar edge to it right um it's yeah it's quite the opposite but that that makes a contrast more to the boss music yes which so, is more like epic feeling yeah like, so yeah after that is boss yeah. battle which to me feels like the ff7 battle theme that i'm sure many people will mm. know this that song seems like it's uh you know a direct Directly inspired by this boss battle. For sure. Yeah. And uh, as we mentioned before, uh, the boss battle theme is the only one, uh, is the one composed uh, by Noriko Matsueda. But uh. Nobuo Ematsu actually arranged the, the composition for, oh, wow. for Chrono Trigger. So, okay. Yeah. Um, who then would go on to do FF7. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> yep. uh, and after that is Guardia Castle, Courage and Pride, which is not a battle theme, but uh, when you end up, I think this is 600 AD, so this is the more medieval time. Yeah. Um, but it's a very regal and chivalrous knights whatever kind of whatever song. But it grows into this like inspiring like chorus almost that mm. I it just stuck with me and it's so hopeful and like it's, good guy. It it sends shivers up my spine every or down my spine where, wherever <laughs> up and uh, down up and down uh, whenever I hear that that really like majestic like boom yeah. uh, part. There's it's just something about that and it has yeah. always hit me. Um, and I'm trying to remember but that that specific part you're we're talking about 
is clearly taken from another tr- another song from way back when. Oh. And I always forget the name of it, so I'm going to try to look it up during the break to see if we can compare, but it's it's almost note for note. I oh, really? Oh, D- wow. Different different feel to it for sure. Sure, but, but it's another yeah. robo situation. Uh, it, it, it may very well be another uh. robo situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is Battle, Boss Battle, and Guardia Castle, Courage and Pride. Oh, i got to find this.
So yeah, oh, I'm, I'm getting the, I'm getting the shivers, like you said. But yeah. now you've you've potentially ruined this <laughs> for Gu- Guardian Castle. All right, listen closely. You've you've can gated this thing. <laughs> Percy with, Faith's theme from a summer place. Yeah, theme from a southern s- summer. I mean, maybe. Is this? But this is like a thing people have noted, I guess. I've I before before the internet or before I got into the internet, I remember hearing this uh, tune. Well, and then connecting it to Guardia Castle, like the really? the clim- climactic moment of the Guardia Castle theme. Yeah, I can And then I see some people share share that thought. I mean, this has got four million views. Uh. I have never heard of this. Is this a show? I guess so. But <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm old. But I mean, I, it, does, it doesn't ruin it for me. Cause no, no, no. For me, like, yeah, I know. I'm, I know. I'm being a goofball. Yeah, but, uh, but Guardia Castle, that climactic moment is so powerful. Like, <laughs> so good. And then uh, going back to the boss battle, re-listening <laughs> to that, I just it reminds me of just how pumped up I would always feel during a, during a boss fight in, in Chrono Trigger when that kicked on. Yeah, and it's, so, it's such a lean song where yeah. there, there's not a lot. Of, there's not many of the you know we've heard the richness that's possible and yeah. it's purposely kept pretty clean yeah. despite how it's a battle theme so you want to yeah. despite it's pretty quick too it loops pretty quick yeah too. it's not particularly long but like Final Fantasies definitely go for this big gusto and they soar to this big moment yeah. and then they loop and this is kind of like no it's just like this it, it, delicate it, like synth noises going and on it, it builds up a bit and the the, the crescendo is just to- right at like the outro essentially yeah, it's really good you, like there's some like double bass kicks going on and stuff it's, it's um, pretty nuts and the boss yeah. battle you mentioned the outro when it loops yeah yeah the, the drum outro particularly mm. there is that double kick um it's pretty sweet. I love it. Yeah. Moving into the next section of, of talking about Chrono Trigger. Um, so I, I was writing in my notes as I was putting like how to how to like group these things together. Uh, so the music for me perfectly fits each area, character, and moment. So like things that we played so far have been a uh, you know battles or like Secret of the Forest or Memories of Green are like just even moments. And mm-hmm. this perfect track is is determined for. This is what this is how we want you to feel when you're reading this text on the screen. Right. And it does such a good job of that. So as you play through the game, the world and the characters, and their experiences together, all this really digs into your mind and felt to me more emotional or real than the Final Fantasy games. And even mm. and I love like four is still my favorite. Like in my heart of hearts, it's the first one I really played. Like right. yeah, I played Dragon Warrior, but because it was free with Nintendo Power, but <laughs> there's not a lot in Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest One to really like hook you emotionally. It's like this is a good game. Right. But FF4 was the one where I'm like, I love this game forever, and this will be my favorite one. But mm. something about Chrono Trigger where I'm like, this, the characters, all these games, like 6 is an ensemble cast, and 4 is Cecil is the lead, but it is still, still an ensemble. There was something about Chrono Trigger and them crisscrossing through time and going through all of these crazy moments mm. um, that made me feel like this was a real group of people that when the when it was done and they all have to like return to their own times, you really feel this like they're not going to be together anymore. Yeah. Uh, and man, that's what that's a pretty heartbreaking. That, that sucks. <laughs> but, but they'll remember this forever and they've done the yeah. impossible and, and it's an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, so that's just something that really stuck with me. Um, but I wanted to go in because of that, the character themes and the locations that you go to are, are so perfectly t- attuned. So first one up, uh, we're going to do Frog and Robo's theme. Oh, man. And Frog's theme is this perfectly chivalrous, reliable do-gooder. Yeah. Like, I'm here to do good. Um, and I'm surprised 
there isn't a twinge of sadness in this, given like his history yeah. and the the quest he's on. One of the most depressing uh, backstories next to Magus. <laughs> well, I mean, but their stories intertwine anyway. They do. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, finding out how all these characters are are connected, those that are. Yeah. After that is Robo's theme. Which is the one that, at this point, is super associated with uh, Rick Rowling and yeah. uh, Rick Astley. Where the, uh, Robo Roll is also a thing. Yeah, so. and I think, didn't they eventually comment on this, that they were like... So, my my buddy uh, Jason Napolitano, uh, he used to spearhead original sound version, mm-hmm. a gaming music yeah. website. And he uh, he had asked Mitsuda-san about, about uh, Robo's theme and r- the Rick Astley connection. Yeah. And Mitsuda straight up said he had never heard that song before and he was very surprised by it. It could very, I would argue it could very well be the thing which occurs with other game composers whose music sounds similar to, to uh, like songs outside of games, Mm. which is he may very well may have heard that song somewhere and it just subconsciously entered his mind. And that happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. uh, yeah. Especially when it's not even your native country, right? Exactly. You could have heard it. Anywhere in a mall or something, yeah. In a store, oh, especially yeah. like yeah, in a mall or shopping center where it's just background noise, and then you're like, Ugh. yeah. So you know, it yeah. happens. But it's a great theme, and Robo is. is a robot yeah. uh, chassis with a face that you <laughs> that you meet uh, in the far future, and has another great like heartbreaking story. Oh boy! But he's yeah. in this future where humanity is basically on the brink of extinction, and we have these pods that kind of help us survive but not really mm. and it looks like the last person is about to bite it uh, yeah. it's a pretty bleak uh, 2300 AD what was the the SNES line but you're still hungry <laughs> but you're still hungry H- HPMP restored but you're still hungry <laughs> yeah and even it still tries to get you across like there's almost no food left yeah. um, and it did the future invented something that I was like this is the greatest thing of all time the inertron yeah the yeah, things yeah. you go instead of like resting at a campsite or an inn you rest in the future in these inertrons uh and you just step in it and you get out 2 seconds later and you get the equivalent of a full night's sleep right. and then it goes but you're still hungry <laughs> but you're still hungry and i'm like can you imagine if we could just pop in a thing in 5 seconds even if it was 1 hour <laughs> even if we reduced it to 1 hour and you'd be like got 8 hours of sleep fully regenerated yeah. like oh my god uh, if only <laughs> life, life would change. Uh, we would most certainly just end up working more. So let's yep. let's not do so it. So let's not do that. <laughs> um, after that is uh, Lab 16's Ruin, which is 1999 AD. Uh, post-apocalypse uh, feels pretty desolate and lifeless. Mm-hmm. That might actually be 2380. I might be getting that mixed up. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, 2300 yeah. AD. 1999 yeah. AD is, is the apocalypse. Is when it yeah. happens with yeah. Lavos yeah. and all that. Um, which is still 999 years after Chrono's birth so, or, you know, coming of age or whatever. So it's like it's like us getting worried about guys in, like, 2159 or whatever. It's like, okay, have fun with that. Yep. Uh, fun drinking water or whatever the problem is. But uh, music is completely different, different sounds, like, that we've become accustomed to in the forest and everything. Like, those are gone and replaced with this different vibe, and it's – I love the, I wrote – I love the bass groove and the clap. It will make more sense when you hear. Oh this yeah, song. this this is a really groovy tune. I love it. Uh, yeah, it feels so different. It just yeah. feels like a different game. Well, you can tell it's still Chrono Trigger. Yeah. After that is Brink of Time, um, and thanks to a bizarre series of events, you end up outside the loop of time, basically at the end when there's nothingness after the mm-hmm. universe has expanded indefinitely mm-hmm. in all directions and the last star is burnt out. <laughs> uh, been watching a lot of PBS Space Time videos, by the way. Uh, 
someone's there, and it looks like like a 19th century train station or yeah. something. And it's a perfect mysterious tune to be like, there's something where there should be nothing, and it's mm. just a guy and a lamppost. It's a uh, Gaspar, right? Is his name? I, I forget because uh, uh, there there are three. There's three sages, sages or of wise time, men or wise men of time, and <laughs> and they're they're named after the wise men in the yeah. nativity story. So yeah, and they when Lavos has this climactic when they're summoning him, he well Lavos I think is able to. Who's like this alien, spiky, crazy-looking creature? But I think it's it can manipulate space and time anyway. Yeah. So it knows like these three guys got to go. Yeah. Banished, and yep. this guy gets shoved into the outside reaches of time, which is conveniently exactly where you need him. So yep. great because you also end up there. The end of time. Yeah. So uh, this is Frog's theme, Robo's theme, and then Lab 16's Ruin and Brink of Time.
Beautiful. Man. The main thing I do think of that, and I think that's what you were, I see you typing some notes, uh, in the brink of time, end of time area, towards the end of the game, all your characters are like hanging out there, yeah. and you can choose your party by walking up, and when you go to talk to, to them, them, their theme starts playing, Yes, and so you would just walk around, and like, I don't, I'm just going to sit here and listen to the music, exactly, because every character's theme is so good. Yeah, I, would, I, I, I distinctly remember picking... Luca, I loved her theme so much that I would just roam around the end of time listening yeah. to it after talking to her, and I would like dance. <laughs> I would make my Chrono Sprite oh, dance to oh, it. Yeah. Like every, it, was, every it, was, time. it was great. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was like my freshman year of high school, and I was just like, man, freshman year sucks. And uh, <laughs> I would just put Robo's theme on in the morning. I'm just like, okay, here we go. Get myself psyched up. <laughs> okay, things are going to be good. I want to come home. I want to play some more Chrono Trigger. It's going to be great. Oh, man. And then uh, Lab 16. Um, so I was going to mention this later, but um, I had the distinct privilege of being part of a uh, mm. uh, fan arrangement album released in 2016 by my friend Nate. And I drummed to a few tracks on it. One of those tracks was a Lab 16 jam where uh, the guys who put this together, just pure genius, had all the artists involved in the arrangement album, of which there were like hundreds, um, chip in, like jam to the Lab 16 bass groove and send their stems in into which they remixed all of it into one big mm. Lab 16 jam. Huh. And uh, that's, that's r- one of the most fun things I, uh, musically that could you I've detect your Could you detect your drumming? They, use, they utilize my <laughs> drums on a lot of it. And, uh, yeah, I have a video up on YouTube if you ever wanted to check that out. But that uh, on VGM, dr- VG Drum? VG Drum, yeah. I have three music videos. I did uh, Bike Chase. Mm. I did uh, A-List Theme. And I did the Lab 16 jam. Nice. Super, super fun. Um, So I mentioned characters and locations, uh, but moments stick out for Mm. sure. Uh, And then the music that kicks off those moments becomes intensely connected to that moment, like we mentioned with uh, some of the earlier songs in the woods. So uh, three quick songs here. Uh, Battle with Magus. Probably one of my favorites of the entire soundtrack. Magus. Magus. I always called him Magus. I think it's... Yeah, I said Magus, but maybe it's Magus. It's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Probably Magus if you're going <laughs> of, by the... Of all the RPGs <laughs> I've played, this is the one yeah. where I feel like you could get into a huge uh, yeah. war of words between people of yeah. how to pronounce Marla, Marley, yeah. Marl, Luca, I mean, Lucca. At the time, because I was reading so many <laughs> X-Men comics, because of Magneto, and there were X-Men villains, mm. or you know Marvel villains, I think, with the same name, and I, I just called them Magus. Uh, but... This is a villain that's plagued you for a good chunk of the game, and it's really played up as like a the big bad, yeah. not the main villain, but certainly a, a, an evil force that, like, when he shows up, you're like, ah, crap. Like, like the reason for the demons attacking Guardia, this guy. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you finally get your hands on him, and you're like, here we go, we're gonna we're gonna duke it out, buddy, me and you, and two of my friends. <laughs> uh, you get this amazing battle theme that you get to hear 
this entire and it becomes his theme later on because yeah. he joins your party later. Spoilers. Uh for cool plot reasons. Uh, because he's straight up the Vegeta character where it's like, I forgive all the evil things you've done. You're now our friend. Um, now we have Hawaiian shirts we wear together. Um, but it's is an incredible track. And it's yeah. an incredible moment when he like he has like the this animation on his sprite where he's like pulling his gloves down. Yeah, it's such a he's, cool animation. He's like getting yeah. ready, like we're oh, you wanna fight me? Well, let yep. me just make sure my slapping gloves are on. <laughs> and psh, psh, yeah. Uh, great track. It's a battle theme, but also his character theme. Mm-hmm. After that is Black Omen. So this is a vast undersea palace that eventually becomes a big floating weapon that hovers in the sky, mm. and I think is like the last real dungeon of the game yeah. before you get like funneled into this final battle with Lavos. And it has this ominous tone to it, but it has this um, angle of technology seen at this time frame mm. where you are in the story uh, the year chrono- chronologically yeah. um, and since this is more or less the device that heralds the coming of the apocalypse it makes sense that it, it's got this technological doom yeah. feeling because it is the machinations of these idiots that are either accelerating Lavos's bursting from like a xenomorph uh, bursting out of someone's <laughs> chest uh, and destroying the planet or just bringing him here in the first place whatever yeah. whatever the case may be it's like this giant um like dark star destroyer in the sky. And yeah. What's really o- super ominous about it uh, too, besides its name, Black Omen, yeah. is just that it exists outside of time. Uh. So like it's always there. Yeah, it's always there. One, yeah. Once it shows up, it's no matter which uh, uh, historical time period you go into, yeah. it's there. Yeah, you eventually yeah. get the time machine that then eventually gets wings the and epic. you can fly it around. Yeah. The epic yeah. E, the epoch yeah. uh, <laughs> measurement of time there. It fits, and when it reveals itself, I think the first time you hear this track, at least the first time I remember it sticking to me, is when this thing te- you know manifests in yeah. the air, and this song happens, it's and you're so like, "Damn, cool. this is cool." Yeah. After that is the like to me the Mega Man Two Wily One of <laughs> Chrono Trigger, oh. which is uh, <laughs> Corridors of Time, which is the floating city, Kingdom of Zeal, twelve thousand BC. Um, so even though the surface world is still pretty primitive, basically prehistoric. Um, not probably not that primitive, not prehistoric level, but uh, not super advanced. But magically advanced humans are hovering above these cave dwelling folks, mm. and they have this you know floating city. Then they're like, oh, we are so refined, we know magic. But yeah. it's like it's kind of this ill-gotten magic where the things going on with Lavos and everything are kind of all tying into why these people are, yeah. are feel they are superior, but very dystopian. Yeah. yeah and it, the, the music is this beautiful track that also perfectly fits this feeling of antiquity. Cause it's trying to give you this, like this is a very classy, mysterious ancient civilization that's really advanced, but also is trying to get this full on like European Renaissance feel at the same time. Mm. Um, but definitely one of the the famous tracks and and it's a beautiful map too when you get there in the game and it's like these floating waterfalls and you're walking around this area damn this is pretty so three absolute top tier tracks uh battle with magus black omen and corridors of time
pretty much some of the best tracks of the yeah of the and i'm just like right <laughs> sitting here getting mad because of how good it is yeah uh yeah it's just that that quarters of time track is it transports you to another world it's which so, is what happens in the game but also in your mind when you listen to yeah, it. yeah it's like, just such a good job of like oh yeah yeah we could just make like town theme four or whatever but <laughs> there's there's none of that in this game it, nope. everything is this town was designed specifically with a purpose. It is not a stop on the road yeah. on your journey to some cooler place. Every place you go matters, and thus a fitting piece of music should accompany it. And yeah. whoo, battle with Magus though that really takes me back. That was such an epic fight, and then the yeah. twist afterwards just so so good. Yeah, and you get these connections of how where Magus comes from, and like. Uh, and again, I I'm partly don't want to spoil it because like I don't remember it all so super <laughs> clearly. But also, uh, it is if some by some chance you haven't played it, it is there's enough spoilers in this game that definitely just haven't risen to the top. Mm. Um, it's not really to me a game I equate with like oh don't tell anybody blank right. Um, but it's just more there's a lot in there to chew on. Yeah, a lot and, of eye opening uh, moments for sure. Yeah, um, Battle with Magus. I just wanted to mention is one of the few. I'm not. I don't. I can't play piano, but what, 
whenever I, I recall as a kid farting around on the piano and uh I I learned by ear like the opening notes to Magus's theme oh, and wow. uh, Battle with Magus and I was always so surprised with myself. But I just love that ominous opening. It goes to so many places. It's yeah. so so dynamic. It's yeah. super cool. It's good stuff. And then before we get into this last block of four tracks from yeah. Chrono Trigger, you had an excerpt from... Uh, yeah, so that revival disc that came out for Chrono Trigger and, and Chrono Cross uh, both have some liner notes uh, from Mitsuda himself. Um, and being that this came out in 2019, super recent writing, but yeah. this was like super eye-opening to me um, about his how he views the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, but... Uh, he starts off right right off the bat saying, listening to my past work is incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> um, and he's only talking about like how it it opens up a lot of like bittersweet mm-hmm. memories of when he worked on Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying like it, he, he acknowledges that, you know, for the fans, this is his like his, the number one is magnum opus yeah. in a way. But he says uh, like. I listened to all the tracks again and those bittersweet memories from back when we were developing the game flashed before my eyes. Uh, That time my hard drive, which had almost 60 tracks stored on it, gave up the ghost. That time I had to keep working even though I was being treated at a hospital for a stomach ulcer. The many times I went to the Tama River at night to escape from reality by spacing out until morning. I can laugh about it now, but those were definitely some of my darkest days. Man. Um, Chrono Trigger is a title that has always gone hand-in-hand with suffering, <laughs> and I keep telling myself that the power I received from battling through those hardships found its way into my music, giving birth to a sort of mir- miracle, which helps me to believe that all my efforts weren't for naught in the end. Um, there's more. He goes into more details, but he talks about how, like, how grateful he is to Sakaguchi for... Uh, hiring him a new recruit to compose music for such a prestigious title and for uh he thanks uematsu who picked me up when i was down more times than i can count i would i wouldn't be who i am today were it not for chrono trigger so i'm like just reading this like made me super emotional but i was like you you sometimes have to think about like the struggles of the artist to make this and like you shouldn't glorify that for sure but um just thinking about like you should the crap they go through yeah respect the, yeah. the time and yeah the commitment the commitment to that to to, it, yeah. and not just the music it's just for all media that's created like music tv games paintings comic strips whatever yeah. it's like people are putting they're sacrificing something yeah their heart uh, and soul when yeah. when people say heart and soul it like that's like almost minimizing it. Like there, there is a lot there. Yeah, that and, they it's, sacrifice. and it's easy. You hear that phrase like "I gave this my all" or "my heart and soul," and it's yeah. easy to dismiss that stuff. But it, it yeah. really is like for something like this, especially when you have a composer that of this level, we're like, "Oh, this is one of the greatest game soundtracks of all time." And for them, they're just like, "All I see are the flaws." And I think yeah. that is a creator's curse. Yeah. You only see the things that it should have been and not what it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, exceptional work, and I'm glad not only is it on Spotify, but there is this new release that are f- not easy to find in the U.S. right now, but yeah. um, it is attainable, and that just means these, this music will be in print that much longer, exactly, which is great. Yeah. Um, closing out Chrono Trigger, uh, there are literally songs that I cannot play because they will bother me too much, <laughs> like on an emotional <laughs> level, like the Chrono and Marl song uh, that's oh. in the, the game that's just like sounds like a wind-up music box, basically. Yeah. Straight up yeah. can't even listen to it. And especially as you near the end, it's just the songs get heavier and heavier. And this final block of four songs like starts high, 
starts like super like fun and lifting and freeing, and then mm. gets nuts with battle tunes for the final battle, and then you get to one of my all time favorite songs. Period. Not even qualifying it with game music. <laughs> uh, and I played it on the show before, but that was uh, five years ago at this point, four years ago maybe. So up first is Wings That Cross Time. Uh, this is when you get your ship, the Epoch, yeah. and it can fly. It gets wings and it's able to fly. Mm. And this is straight up pilot wings meets outrun. If you ever needed a, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good. If you ever wanted a, two great things that go great <laughs> together, um, wings that cross time, and this lets you, you have this radial menu or this like movable dial that goes like, do you want to go to sixty five million yeah. BC? And I love that the end of time it actually breaks the limits. There's like a beginning and end. Yeah. Like you can go to 65 million. Because it's a C, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, making yeah. a C for it's the making Chrono. making a C. And the Chrono Trigger is an item in the game. But that's right. that's one of the fuzziest parts of the game where you're yeah. swapping Chrono out of a moment in time. And yeah. it's like, that's what we're going to use that for? Okay. It, it's basically a de- deus ex machina, I it's think. Big time. Yeah. And that's, that's my only real like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's any game with time travel, there's going to be at least one of those like, we fixed it with time travel. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but I love that when you move the needle all the way out of the sea, it's like that's where the end of time is. It doesn't even register on your in-game HUD. Yeah. Um, that's wings that cross time. After that, world re- world revolution. Another one of my favorites. Woo! Sure. Big and loud final battle music. Uh, and it turns out to just be phase one of the battle. Yeah. Um, but it's Lavos, a, par- a parasitic alien that's been on Earth embedded further deep in since 65 million BC, and now you're finally staring it down inside of it and it looks more like this big engine or something yeah a, a biological a humanoid, well that, that's not even yeah, yet that that's yeah. the next song oh true yeah yeah which is yeah. final battle near as i can tell it's just oh, called man. that and that is this weird humanoid time devourer thing um with this flowing green background and this pulsing effect that's like rhythmically mm. backed up by the music um and i always loved how bizarre for a final battle this is such a strange song. It, it, it was, yeah. Um, and, and also the thing you're fighting, you're like, what am I, what is this? Yeah. And you've been, like, like, Lavos, you could wrap your head around, and then all of a sudden, like every JRPG, the final boss is like, and it's me! Yep. And it's not really that, because it's still derived from what you've been doing, but yeah. you're like, this is the final boss? This so, thing looks like it should have been a regular enemy yeah, or something. Yeah, it's like a strange alien yeah. figure. Yeah. With, um, with two bits. Uh, yeah, these two... two Healing and satellites. Uh, yeah, satellites yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, so that's final battle. And then my notes for the last song to Faraway Times is just Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I don't even know. I don't know where to start. Uh, that's great. I don't know. Where, I don't know where to start because depend. There's actually multiple endings for the game. So depending mm. on how you play and how quickly and the thoroughness of the side quests, um, you get a great in, a good ending where like you're. You fly around and grab these balloons with Marl and Chrono and Marl like float around the world and see mm. those fireworks and, and and you get to see like the town celebrating the Millennial Fair and yep. no one's the wiser of the thing you just did but <laughs> this music is playing to faraway times and it's like your friends are all back where they belong everyone's happy and it's just this gut wrenching bittersweet thing of life uh, life experience contracted into a video game song of yeah. all the people you'll meet, the things you'll learn, you'll forget them, you'll remember them. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It makes me relive my entire life every time I hear it. It's why I can't listen to it more than once a year. Um, and then if you get a really good, the really good ending, you actually get to see the epoch kind of like flying through time yeah. to see everyone and how everyone is getting on. And uh, it's so good. But 
Last four tracks for Chrono Trigger, uh, Wings That Cross Time, World Revolution, Final Battle, and To Far Away Times.
One of the best, one of the absolute best, uh, and it I, even literally now when we were playing it uh, to, for me and Pat to like give notes on, I played probably four seconds. Yeah, and I'm like, that, that's all I can do. Uh, and I and I don't really know why. It's not like I cried when the game was over. Mm. Um, you know, definitely been moved by games before to that point, but yeah. it's not like I got there with this. It's just something about the friendship and the group and no one will ever know what they did, but they know the journey of it. And I'm just like, I'm just destroyed every time I hear that song, but, but but I love it. I love it so much. So I think the first time I played the SNES one, I didn't, I, I, I didn't get as worked up, but for whatever reason, when I picked up the game on DS, Mm. right as it had come out on DS, I recall, uh, for whatever reason, the part that made me like tear up a bit was when, you in the millennial fair marla gets zapped back in time mm. and as chrono you just go up to her pendant and pick it up and his theme kicks in oh. for whatever reason i got emotional <laughs> during that part. i'm like oh my god like maybe it's it's a combination of the nostalgia and also like yeah here's chrono this like this guy who's just willing to throw himself out there to save her yeah and i thought that was really really awesome but yeah. um yeah uh going back to the songs we were listening to I take back all I said about like our previous block being the best <laughs> songs and like this stuff. Oh my God. Um, uh, World Revolution. What I love is how it builds up into this like feeling of triumph that yeah. just delves into uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's a full on orchestral movement. It's like, so they... good. Um, but then uh, going into Final Battle, I, I wanted to bring this up during the, during the show was. Uh, La- the Lavo sound effect. Yeah, Still yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the creepiest yeah. game sound effects, especially coming out of a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, still gives me shivers. Oh, God. So there's that, yeah. So, okay. Still still get chills. Just got chills right there. But uh. on top of that, um, if you... 
if at any point you fail, like mm. like when you, especially if you lose against Lavos any of the times you fight him or mm. at this battle, oh yeah, it depicts the apocalypse happening in 1999 yeah, AD because you failed. Because you failed, Chrono and his team have failed, and after all of that happens, you get that that text screen that says, "But the future refused to change," yeah. and that Lavos sound effect kicks yeah. in, oh, and yeah, it is so man. creepy. It is yeah. so well done, and yeah. despite that, I. St- uh, before I broke into the game industry, whenever like I would apply for a job and I got rejected, <laughs> I would always think, of, "But the future <laughs> refused to change." <laughs> so I would just self-own myself with that. With, Pat wanted to break into the game industry, <laughs> dot dot dot. But the future <laughs> refused to change. Wow! All right. I know that's dark, but Man. thankfully that didn't happen. It I stopped it, much like Chrono and Friends stopped Lavos in one of the timelines. So, yeah, one of them yet to play out. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. happened. Yeah, and uh, I also finally. Besides going off on that lava sound effect, because who boy, um, the panning in the beginning of the final yes. battle, so, just the left so to cool. right, the stuff left to is right, so good. You you may think that's like super simple stuff, but like even back then, just hearing it in my f- coming from like my CRT TV speakers, yeah. like that, like left right left. It's right. It's just so a, cool. a weird, unnerving yeah. thing. It's a simple audio trick, but it's still when you're fighting a boss, it, it feels like the boss is like its presence is somehow manipulating. Space time and it's making the music go, woo, 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 woo. Um, and yeah, that that scream that's in the middle, I can play that part live if I skip to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just missed it! <laughs> wow, I'm I'm actually too good. But this is like the full on like the first one at the beginning of the song is like the the, the usual hi I'm here scream, yeah. and then this is like that's like Lavos enraged. Yeah, and, well, and both sound enraged, but this one's just like. But it's such a shrill and just so good at like, let's make a monster Toho style monster roar. Yeah. And that's full on Toho style. Like we're making a monster roar. Totally. I I feel, I feel very good about making this reference, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Of course you do. I just bought a $200 Showa era Godzilla Blu-ray Criterion set. Oh, Paying man. off already. Oh man, I would love. Yeah, I would. Fifteen movies. I man. would. I would love to research uh, if there if there's any talk about how that scream came yeah. to be. You know, I'm sure at this point somebody must have asked because yeah, um, uh, there there's been talk about how Hiroki Kikuta made that like w- slow whale noise yeah, in yeah. the beginning of Secret of Mana's like the square sound oh, logo. The woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so <laughs> that's what a whale sounds like. Something like that. A slowdown. <laughs> um, before we get into Chrono Cross, yep. uh, real quick, in 1996 on the Satellaview, oh, yeah. uh, was Radical Dreamers. Remember it, that? <laughs> yeah. It was never popular. <laughs> um, we did not get this in the U.S., as you can imagine. And frankly, I didn't know this existed till well after even Chrono Cross came out. Yeah. Um, through digging around on the internet, probably mid-2000s is when I finally knew about this. Mm. Um but 1996, Satellaview. Satellaview is this satellite subscription thing for the Super NES, and yeah. there was like a Zelda made for it that you could play with a character that you created. It's like the um, SNES version of the Sega Channel. Similar, okay. yeah. Similar. And, but and, Japan only. And, yeah, Japan only, and it's called Satellaview, like satellite. Yeah. Um, but it's a text-based adventure with branching choices and these Ninja Gaiden-style vignettes of like right. minimal character movement. Um, but... What's crazy is now knowing Chrono Cross a lot better, mm-hmm. well, having played it at all even, but knowing that Surge and Kid, who are like the main drawing protagonists of Chrono Cross, they are in this game, yeah. as well as someone named, uh, I think Lynx is in it? Yeah, I believe, I believe um, Lynx is in it. Yeah. Or someone else. Uh, but a lot of like 
things that plant the seeds for what Chrono Cross would become. And it's told in this prose-like fashion, written as if it was a novel. Yeah. And you just kind of navigate these menu choices. And, there uh, are it, battles, though. There are, are battles. And it's like fa- uh, there are um, uh, fan translations that you can watch videos of that kind yeah. of show what this was. But it's such a bizarre thing because it is... At the time, it was meant as like kind of a what if thing for Chrono Trigger, yeah. And I think at the time they even maybe thought it was going to be like, hey, this is a spiritual successor, and this may be all we really do. Mm. Um, but it's it, it ended up being not canon because Chrono Cross takes a lot of these ideas and then fleshes them out. Right. Um, but for a long time, this was this weird follow up to Chrono Trigger, barely a year later, and then it just kind of never went anywhere because it was on Satellaview. Yeah. Um, but if you know your Chrono Cross music, and I didn't know this, mm. that some of the songs that are in Radical Dreamers appeared in Chrono Cross. That's correct. But that means you get to hear Super NES versions of these songs <laughs> that, for most of us, we associate with PS1. Yeah. So to hear um, this, it was Super like, it kind of blew my mind. Like so this four years before Chrono Cross. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is The Girl Who Stole the Stars, but through a Super NES. <laughs> and this is the song that I immediately, oh yeah, the Chrono Cross song. Right. So to hear a Super NES version, so it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, and it still sounds great. It sounds amazing. Uh, and it's all... <sighs> uh, anyway, so one other one that I found was uh, Gale, 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 which is the, the theme. which is a battle theme. Love that one. <laughs> I always love the bass backing of this one. Actually reminds me of the final battle from Chrono Trigger now. Though. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think overall the sampling was way improved on PS1, but it's still so yeah. fascinating. It's it's a very uh, unique oddity for it sure, is, it and is. I personally have nothing else to say about it, <laughs> um, just because that's the limits of my understanding. What I will say is uh-huh. the Satellaview has amazing BIOS music. I don't doubt it for a second. Uh, the menu and BIOS <laughs> music, che- check it out on YouTube. It is... It's got like all the SNES sound fonts wrapped into one. <laughs> what you would associate with like Pilot Wings and Chrono Trigger. Wow, um, it is gorgeous. Uh, it is the ultimate chill music. Oh please, wow! Please now check I'm, out that Satellaview music. It's so good. The reason I believe yeah. you immediately is how much I love the Sega CD BIOS music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Model One and Two. They yeah, are yeah. both insane. It's good stuff. Whew. That brings us to Chrono Cross, the true sequel. Came out on PlayStation One in mm-hmm. 2000, and then PSN, PS3. I think 2011, 2012. It was so. This was released, I believe, in August of 2000, and it was the capper to. This is probably a Square USA thing, but yeah. I, I remember this immediately. Uh, Square's Summer of Adventure. I totally remember that. Um, yeah. Which was like an advertising campaign where they released like three RPGs back to back to back. Yeah. Um, which you can read about in an IGN article from June 2000. Cool uh, if you literally just Google Square Summer of Adventure, you can find the June 2000 IGN article. I, I, 2000! 19 years ago. I remember reading it. <laughs> I, I'm sure I read it, and I remember going into like Walmarts and stuff and seeing, uh, but it included yeah. Legend of Mana, which good. Threads <laughs> of Fate. So good. Threads of Fate? It's a great soundtrack. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I never played or listened yeah. to anything. And then finally Chrono Cross. Yeah. And that was followed basically two months later by Final Fantasy IX, <laughs> which is outrageous. Yeah. Uh, and then Majora's Mask was also like right on top of all that. That's so it was right. an insane amount of like, how am I supposed to do this? Also, the PS2 launched. Uh, <laughs> by it, the way. Crazy. 
Um, so the Dream Team is gone from Chrono Trigger, but Mitsuda-san is still scoring the title, and I think it's every bit as yeah. good. It doesn't hit me quite as in the emotional same way because it's a little harder to wrap your mind around the story that's happening. It is, and yeah. one of the gameplay gimmicks is the number of characters, which I'll get into in a, in a minute. But it made it harder to feel that connection, at least for me, yeah. amongst all these characters because there's uh, there's like forty three of them. <laughs> um, but there's lots of variety and richness that the Super Nintendo Super Nintendo score hinted at. But like you said, more sophisticated samples, mm-hmm. and it just sounds more worldly. Um, like you'll you'll hear different musical styles from around the world represented yeah. in the game. Um, so the director and writer is Masato Kato, uh, who also wrote Chrono Trigger. Ah. Uh, the producer was uh, Hiromichi Tanaka, who uh, he was the producer of Secret of Mana and director of Trials of Mana, mm. and also uh, was producer on Xenogears and Threads of Fate. Oh, wow. So all, uh, almost kind of back-to-back-to-back there. Um, yeah. <coughs> but so, it, yeah, it, it had it had it still had a team that was composed of, like, uh, former Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. uh, devs and so on and so forth, but it's still such a different experience mm-hmm. from Chrono Trigger. And I, th- I think uh, one main thing about it is Rather than focus on the time aspects as much, mm. it is more about like alternate realities, dimensions, that yeah, kind of Yeah, like thing. a parallel timeline. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you start as this silent protagonist, Surge, which is a change from Radical Dreamers, where Surge was actually a speaking role. That's right, yeah. Um, and now you're back to being chrono equivalent, you yeah. don't talk. And you meet this teenage thief uh, named Kid. With a heavy Australian accent. Oh, did she? From the text, yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even... What I always think about is, I'll kick your arse so hard, you'll kiss the moons. <laughs> or may- maybe not... Aust- it's either Australian or, like, cock- super cockney. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I picked up on it yeah. uh, in the year 2000 when I played <laughs> this game, which I can't believe. As the game plays out, uh, you explore the idea of time travel a little bit, but, yeah, more about parallel timelines and even some co- direct callbacks to Chrono Trigger. Yeah. There's even a moment where you actually bump into some of the characters in a very weird scene with one of the most annoying bosses I can recall. Um, I don't remember the boss, but I remember how you see those characters, and yeah. it's pretty depressing. It was weird. And I weird. remember feeling very down. Yes. And not feeling fulfilled when it was not like, at all. Oh, yeah. I thought things were good when we left, guys. And the interesting thing on top of that is when uh Chrono Trigger came out on PS1 as Final Fantasy Chronicles. Yeah. That PS1 version added uh animated cutscenes as yeah. uh, uh during the game, but also in the ending added a cutscene with involving Luca which ties the story to Chrono Chrono Cross essentially. Oh, okay. Um, with that said, uh, by the by, like maybe the halfway or three quarters of the way through the game's story is where it started losing me. Um, yeah. And I hate to say because it's it was getting really good. Yeah. And there are a lot of shocking moments, um, some great characterization, but uh, I got really really lost in even like plot analysis, like yeah. guides would. We're yeah, still hard to. You can dig yeah. into this story a lot, yeah. and especially the the need for people to want to connect it tightly to Chrono Trigger, yeah. which I understand. Yeah, and you get into the Frozen Flame, which is a big you know MacGuffin style thing that people <laughs> are chasing, but it has a real reason for existing, mm-hmm. and how that relates back to Chrono Trigger, why you're interacting with those characters from Trigger, right? Uh, 
it is. I do feel it's very ambitious because they didn't. It's it's not Chrono Trigger two, not at all, and no. it's not so separate like the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's a sequel. It's a sequel, but like, unless it's thirteen two or ten two, yeah. this has nothing to do with that game. Like yeah. different combat system, worldview design, everything is different. And to do that is pretty gutsy. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> to do it five years later is also pretty interesting. But um, the other things that this does. Uh, is instead of having this, you know, party of maybe eight people or whatever that Trigger had, there's over 40 characters who can join your party. Some of them are total goof joke characters. Yeah, and totally um, missable, too. And yeah. Extremely missable. Yeah. And and thus, there are multiple ways to further the story. Yeah. And I remember early on when we were playing, uh, I don't remember what hideout we were sneaking into or whatever, but a friend and I got this on the same day. And we were playing it over a week or whatever. And then I remember we met up to hang out somewhere else a week or two down the line. Mm. And like, oh, where are you? Oh, I got to this thing. Oh, that's where I'm at. Um, and oh, and I was I remember saying like, oh, and the, the part where you sneak in through the woods was kind of fun. And he's like, oh, I didn't do that. I did this other uh. thing. And I'm like, wait, but how'd you, well, that's where you meet this character. Like, what? who's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I have some like glam rocker dude. <laughs> who has like a guitar and he's like, I've never heard of this character. What are you I doing? Forget his name. And yeah, I don't remember any of their names, but <laughs> I remember Glenn because Glenn is like you keep thinking he's frog because he's this That's right. knight and whatever. Um, but and Guile, who looks like Magus, he does, <laughs> and is actually I think, I think suggested is. that he was him in Radical Dreamers, yeah. but is not supposed to be him in Cross. Cross. Which to make matters even more confusing even, about the story, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Definitely fuzzier on this when it comes to story uh, mm-hmm. than Trigger because I only played through this once and I did enjoy it and beat it and and, and really liked everything about it. But mm. buying the soundtrack in college and then just putting it on my CD player while I would study, read mm. this this soundtrack just it's the year two thousand one and two thousand to me. It, it was just constantly playing and. It stuck with me mostly for the soundtrack, more so than the game itself. And I wanted to say, even uh, even when it came out, I think it was a pre-order bonus to get like a sampler CD oh, of yeah. Chrono Cross. I recall uh, a friend of mine getting uh, it. So. For some reason, like yeah. I didn't pre-order this, mm. um, and I I feel like I didn't. I wasn't even on my radar. I'm like, yeah, this is clearly not really a Chrono Trigger sequel, so I don't know if I'm going to bother. But then the reviews right. came out, and the reviews were so good. Mm. And I remember reading it, thinking, mm, "I can't, I can't not not be part of this." Uh, so yeah, picked it up and off we went. But battle and magic are completely different yeah. from trigger. It is no resemblance whatsoever. Um, so you have these physical attacks. You get into a combat, and there is like an overworld, and it loads a fighting scene, and there's yep. a m- more Final Fantasy style approach to those battles, turn-based thing. But these physical attacks have a low, medium, and high percentage chance of hitting. So you'll see like low ninety percent, medium fifty percent, something like that, whatever. Yeah. And the more you do, I think like if you take the risk for that high and hit it, it increases the likelihood of all the others or something. I believe like so. Like, you can affect yeah. the percentages in some way. Um, and magic is tied to this elemental system that affects the whole area. So your characters have a color alignment, and if you use, like, green and green and green, then now the field is green, and that enhances all green, and whatever green is weak to is now double weak or whatever. Right. Yeah. But that knowing that's there, like, really made you think about your party makeup, 
And especially when you're fighting a boss that's like, it's a red boss. Like, well, I definitely don't want to bring green or whatever right. it is. I, I, I liked the added tactical uh, yeah. like systems within the combat. Uh, initially, very confusing. Like, what are these percentages and whatnot? But uh, once you got a grasp of it, it mm-hmm. was actually a very satisfying yeah. combat system. Um, we'll go into three songs really quick. Uh, three big and loud hits right off the bat. Oh, uh, we're coming at you hard. Uh, up first is... Chrono Cross Scars of Time, uh, which was just recently named, right? Because that's the official uh, name? Yeah, a lot of people would call it Time Scar, which I was never a fan of. I always liked calling it Scars of Time. Well, the finalized revival disc mm. version of the title theme mm. is Chrono Cross Scars of Time. Scars so of there time. you have it. <laughs> Stop calling it Time Scar. Scar, Tim's car, or Tim's what? car. <laughs> I've heard that. I don't know. It's some kind of Magfest joke. I, uh, I could, uh, it yeah. sounds like it would be. Yeah. Uh, but this is the opening CG. So uh, this is kind of like that Chrono Trigger thing where there was an opening song and it shows you highlights from the game. But this is showing you CG moments that you'll see because yeah. this is full PS1 pre-rendered cutscene land. Yeah. Uh, but an incredible God tier VGM that masterpiece it's yeah. just uh, I remember playing this like randomly for like someone I was dating in the year 2000 and she was like <laughs> a dancer or something and she was what is this wow like this is this is what is this from like oh it's a video game this is from a game yeah <laughs> <laughs> that this is one of the the tunes that if you wanted to introduce someone to game music like this is what I would want to play it's like this is what it can be right yeah, exactly. uh, and, and it is like totally hands off it's not a game it is meant to it is a pure piece of music meant to emotionally you know get you going so that you want to play this game exactly um but one of the all-time all-time greats uh scars of time after that is the brink of death which is the boss theme yeah suitably big and climactic like you would expect a boss battle to be for a big battle in the game and the game starts with this yeah this is like track two on the on the cd (laughs) or whatever Uh, and you're like okay uh we're not even getting the regular battle music which for what it's worth the regular battle music is gale which we already played uh, earlier which not as big a fan though, for some reason. I, love I, I know you do. But Brink of Death is better. I'll give Brink you that. Of, Brink of Death is so good. <laughs> yeah, the chanting in it as it before it goes yes. to the loop is so good. Super. After that is Dragon God, which I think is the final it's the battle. The final battle music. Yeah. I can't even remember what the final boss is. Uh, but it's, a, it's a huge I Chrono Trigger spoiler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell you during the break. <laughs> yeah, I remember finishing it, and I remember a bunch of dragons come out at the end, and like they're all saying yep. stuff's important. All of all of that is so hazy to me that. Yep. Um, yeah, but like the more I think about it, like I would have been okay with this being not being connected to Chrono Trigger at all. I just I when I was playing it, I kind of viewed it as this is not connected. Yeah, and then but then it connects it. <laughs> then it connects it, but at least at the time, and I was not I was not trying to connect it. Yeah, there is a very clear oh, there's some characters from Chrono Trigger. Okay, right. But the way is so dream logicy and weird mm-hmm. that I was like oh. uh so it it does connect, but I don't feel like it really hinges on me knowing that. Right. Um, like if you don't know, if you didn't play Trigger, you wouldn't be like any more lost than I was playing it in the first place. Although I would never recommend you play Cross before Trigger anyway, because that's <laughs> yeah. that's. But yeah. So this is Scars of Time, Brink of Death, and Dragon God.
definitely brought some memories back. So good. Uh, all not, of that's so good. Just the the, the chanting vocal and the and Dragon God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't even remember visualizing. I cannot visualize the final boss at all. I have this like vague color palette in my mind. Uh, I mean, it's been eleven years since I beat it, so it's nineteen like, years. Nineteen. Uh, I, I know. It's, uh, I it's know. almost. I can't get into it. It's I like need, half need, my life ago, yeah. literally. <laughs> oh my I, god! I had to play this with a strategy guide by my side, though. The Braddy Games <laughs> strategy, because. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I didn't want to miss a lot of the characters. and Yeah, uh, there's a lot yeah. that's missable. There is a lot. Um, I I would love to give this another go, though. Future ports or remaster or something. Like, uh, yeah. It definitely deserves another playthrough. Yeah, and I was trying to think um, about the legacy of this game, like its perception. Yeah. Uh, like, it definitely gets unfavorably compared to Trigger. Because yeah. Trigger, oh, it's so good. And yeah. it is, but <clears throat> I remember thinking... It definitely reviewed well, and my understanding is that it sold fine yeah. and it sold well. Even it was the greatest hits I remember. <laughs> yeah, so I don't feel like it is anywhere near as beloved, and I don't. And I think, like, if anything, it had this kind of oh, it's yeah, you Bit know, that stigma. That wasn't as good of a follow up as it should have been. But it's like, well, when you want to try to follow up one of the greatest, like, universe, this like as near as universally beloved RPG as there can be mm. on a Super NES. That's going to be very difficult. Like Final Fantasy, at least gets to like flush everything out. Like we did that. That's over. Mm. New game, new characters. Um, this and that is what this is, is essentially. But yeah. I kind of do want to replay it because I remember really enjoying it. It's probably fun, not yeah. as much as cro- as Trigger, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'll ever find the time to go back to do this one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it's like being different is fine. Absolutely. Like, uh, in in this case, I and guess I, yeah. the argument you can have is uh, how much did it really need to tie into trigger? Sure. Uh, which I would argue none at <laughs> all. But uh, it's fine. You know, I would have to say once once it introduced that fate plot elements was when I, it, it really uh, the story really started. I like I I got lost on it essentially. Oh, I don't even remember what that is. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you what fate is. Uh, <laughs> It's, I just remember it being there and it tripping me up real, um, real hard. So I guess a little background on the story. So like, there's a parallel dimension thing. So in one yeah. timeline, Surge is alive and well. That's mm, the one you start in. That's right. And in capital A, another timeline, he drowned as a kid yeah. and died. Um, and so you bounce between these two timelines. Uh, and while locations recur, their music and maybe some of the visualizations differ yeah. to show how this another timeline yeah. there's the regular world and then there's capital a another uh and that's represented in the soundtrack by you know home world or another world mm. um and the home ones and i think i got these right but in case i messed them up um there's some different tracks here so there's planes of time the home world the yeah. home world so and i think this is the overworld so you have like yeah. an overworld walking around on a map um and this is your overworld in the main timeline has that Chrono Trigger like motif comes back, yeah. which was like a <gasps> here we go, yeah. and then you never really get those connections for twenty more hours. And I think it's played on a sitar, the melody. I yeah, think yeah. so. Um, and it's a great callback that channels the main theme and the instrumentation from that uh, Zeal slash Corridor of Time track. After that is Shore of Dreams in another world, and I think that's the overworld map in the alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like dueling overworld themes but it's this dreamlike ethereal weird sad thing and it's a fitting song for a timeline yeah. where you're supposed to be dead right and also the er, things just seem off i remember hearing that like because you 
you're hit with that that news that in this timeline you're dead. Yeah. You died as a seven year old kid or whatever. Yeah. And then you go out into the world map and you hear that really sad melody. Yeah. On, I think it's on a violin or something. It is a I think it's some string, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and it's it yeah, it was super haunting. It's it's, a, it's very a, well it's done. It's a kind of, you know, borderline creepy song yeah. for like, hey hey kid, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> and then keeping the another world thing is sailing. So when you get a canoe or a boat or whatever it is, you're like moving around on a bigger overworld map and I think you can actually see your boat moving around. Right. Um and I just love the acoustic like string sound. Like you can hear the sound of someone's fingers moving across yeah. the instrument. And I don't know if this is that makes me think it's a live instrument or if they're just approximating. I think it was live. It seems yeah. live to me. To yeah, I think uh, I recall reading a couple years back the person who, the instrumentalist who recorded those guitars, he passed away no. uh, a few years back. But um, that that was definitely real. What you were hearing, well, and I that uh, so this t- this was otherwise known as voyage in previous translations. That sounds right. Yes, uh, sailing voyage. You know, same thing. Yeah. Um, but by far the chillest of the chillest game tunes of oh, all time. It if is <clears throat> anytime like if I'm feeling down or if uh I'm feeling anxious about anything, I put that song on oh, wow. and it is it just alleviates everything. You know what's been mine yeah. lately? FF10's Beset Island. Oh, I love that it's, one too. Those two. It's right so there. good. It's it's if that you ever want to be put in a chillax zone, Beset <laughs> Island and Sailing Another World. Chill. Put you right there. Chill sitch. <laughs> it's uh, so good. So after sailing or voyage, <laughs> another world yeah. is. Uh, Voy- I remember voyage now. That yeah. that, that name voyage yeah. homeworld. This to me is the Top Gun anthem mixed with Chrono Trigger. <laughs> And it's not my favorite song of all time, but I think in principle, so, by saying that sentence, it makes it the best song of all time. The electric guitar. It's this electric guitar, and it's but it's it's that same. It's going for the gusto of the Top Gun anthem. Mm. Um, and if somehow you're listening to the show and you have not, I I, I don't know that that's possible. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned it five or six hundred times on the show at this point. But mm. Top Gun anthem is probably up there and it's just to me it's like what if you took Chrono Trigger and Top Gun and put them in a song <laughs> sure um, Planes of Time Homeworld so keep that in mind this yeah. is where you're supposed to be Shore of Dreams Another World Voyage Another World and then Voyage Homeworld
that was almost just too dr- <laughs> dramatic. It, it's, it, I remember it, hearing it, and I was like, this is cool, but also, like, relax, guys. We're just on a canoe sailing the yeah, sea. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, the big part of the journey has not really begun. Yeah. Um, but uh, fitting, like, here we go. Yeah. And boy, we're throwing you in the deep end. Yeah. Um, I will always choose the sailing another world over that one. It's, but yeah. For, for you know, clear reasons. But, but yeah, I love how the another stuff just is generally sadder or more like uh, chilled out. Yeah. yeah chilled out. Yeah. Um, but I did want to do really quick sort of a live thing. So we didn't play Lucas theme from Chrono Trigger, which I'm sure, you know, it's definitely one of the, the, the pitchforks have been raised. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the more famous tracks. Yeah. So good. But there's a reason for that. Uh, one, it is a pretty straightforward theme that loops very quickly. It loops quickly, but it's so happy and it triumphant. is super jubilant and yeah. and she's an awesome character. She is, um, and it's like practically already looped yep. more or less. <laughs> uh, but this is a great track, um, and it, it captures her like go getiveness and like I'll find a solution to this yeah. and. Um, you know, and you find out way more about her as a character that makes her super interesting as a character. Oh yeah. But what I did love is how that in Cross this comes up again as the victory theme. As the like victory so for uh Chrono Trigger it's called fanfare, th- you know, theme of Luca, but in Trigger in Chrono Cross you get it as victory boon of spring or victory call of summer. And the thing I love about this is boon of spring, you hear this come up and you're like, "Oh, here we go, triumph." Uh, Gift of Spring, whatever it is, the localization names are all over the place. But you hear that opening, and you're like, oh, man, we're getting Lucas theme. But then it's uh surprise. So that's the majestic part. <gasps> and oh. what? So nice. And this is like uh, <laughs> the equivalent of like the Final Fantasy fanfare. So you you win a battle, and then you're like, oh. Okay, well, I guess this is pretty, right? But this isn't really what I associate with Lucas' theme. And that's with your commonplace battles, yes. in the game. But when you do it, and I think during a boss fight, either a boss fight yeah. or someone gains a level, yeah, or uh, a bo- boss fight, or you get like an important item. Yeah, it's like a, just a j- overall fan. So you get this, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Oh man, we got the full band out here. Yeah, it's summertime. <laughs> it's so good. Some of that it's the great. brass. It's so good. Oh, I it's, love it. It's almost like that came back because well, like you hear it early on and it's like reminding players, don't worry, we we haven't forgotten about Trigger. Yeah, like having that thing on the home world, and then I think this Mm. is what makes you think, oh, this is a sequel to Chrono Trigger, and that starts setting you up to expect something, and then for like a dozen hours, it doesn't happen, and then when it finally starts happening, you're like, oh, that's how you're tying it in? Oh, Mm -hmm. well, okay. Okay. (laughs) And then like you you mentioned the final boss to me in the break, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds right, Mm. uh, how that all ties together, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. And I really had to go diving a little into the lore now to read it, and I'm like clicking every every noun is a hyperlink to a whole other page about that noun. Mm. Like, wait, how does this relate back to Lavos and the Frozen Flame and the Chrono Trigger and the Chrono Cross? These are all the... uh, You're losing me. (laughs) And I'm like... And and it's super cool, and I wish I had a little bit more time to go into it, but this episode is already long as hell, so we got to keep moving. (laughs) Uh, I did want to... So 
uh, there are liner notes for the revival disc for Chrono Cross uh, uh, that I wanted to read a little bit from mm-hmm. uh, that Mitsuda uh, wrote. Uh, when I was working on Chrono Cross, the l- last PlayStation 1 title I composed for, I deliberately wrote a score that ran contrary to the direction game music was headed at the time. Um, so just talking about like the technological landscape and how it was uh, changing. And uh, what he goes on about is how he... Uh, he wanted to make it clear to the lead devs that he did not want to go for the Hollywood-esque sound that everyone mm. was going for at that time. And you think of like movies around 2000, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, so he wanted to take the soundtrack in the opposite direction of the trends. Thankfully, the director was completely on board with my idea, which emboldened me to craft a varied collection of pieces with simple orchestrations, but memorable melodies. Um, and so... Uh, he set out to create like the highest quality he possibly could out of the PS1's built-in sound system, and uh, it shows. He he really knocked it out of the park yeah. with the sampling and everything. It's such a rich it's soundtrack, a- and even all these years later, two yeah. decades later, it's still so vibrant. And well, and then also just how... <sighs> This he feels like nothing but praise and positive thoughts for. Yeah. And Trigger, he's like, man, that was the dark times. The dark times. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, that's great. That's I, how it goes. Yeah. I do listen to Cross, and I you can feel that you can feel that thought put into it. Um, for sure. But the next group here is Termina, Another World. But this is like bagpipes, mouth harp, all over the place as far as, like, where's the, ins- where's the inspiration from this? But it's uh, this perfect, like, bustling multicultural town with mm. people coming and going like it, it really gives you that feel of like yeah. wow i'm and this is not the the termina you're familiar with so it, it's also kind of like the like well i'm getting jostled by people yeah. who are what is going on um and then goldove another world um or was it homeworld uh, i yeah. wasn't sure which one you put down but, so uh, in my mind this was always another but it must it might be home because this is hometown goldove and i love how calm it begins and then these more instruments join in, and it just feels very, like, it, it feels kind of out of Xenogears to me mm. a little. Uh, and I really like this song a lot. And then is Zelbes. But, yeah, it's a goofball song yeah. um, sitting in a circle just feeling it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, like, I love music. Let's just, you go and I'll go, and it's just going to be silly. And they yeah. go off, man, with your wins. Uh, so, yeah, this is Termina, Goldove, and Zelbes all from Chrono Cross.
I always knew that track as another Goldove, but I'm. It says home in my tracks, and then I cross referenced it with another thing, and it said home there also. So yeah, yeah. I guess. But Serge's hometown is Arnie. Yeah. Uh, Goldove is another town you go to later. That's right. Uh, but all three of those songs, anyway, are I lovely. Like the termina, like the richness, like your accordions, bagpipes. I was blown away the first time I heard that track. I was like immediately hooked. Like this is incredible. Uh, like one of the best town themes one could ever imagine. Yeah, just really selling that idea of like yeah. this bustling uh, place. Bagpipes, um, mouth harps, uh, but the whole shebang. I remember like a friend was playing this at his house and uh, a lot of this music, you know, is very chill and, yeah. and you know, we've, we've, we've played that up, especially Goldo. Uh, one of my friend's moms walked in and was like, are you guys listening to a Yanni album? <laughs> and I was like, what's Yanni? And I had to go look it up, and then like you know, scanning a CD at Walmart to listen to the uh, tracks because there's you know there's no YouTube, and I'm not going to go download randomly searching Yanni on whatever music. <laughs> I don't think even Napster was a thing yet, at least where I was, but right. or that I was aware of, I should say. But uh, and I'm like, oh no, it's not Yanni, <laughs> but this is pretty good. <laughs> I also like listening to chill instrumental music. Right, so right. if that's what we got, then so be it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and then Zelbus just the fun- I, I I just keep thinking of funky twang like uh, yeah just being on the SS Invincible ship um, mm-hmm. and I just recall having to do a lot of different fetchy questy things on that ship. Yeah, I, I don't recall. Correctly. I don't recall yeah. because it's been yeah nineteen years. That's really Man. that's really yeah. So pun- y- punching me in the face right now. Yeah. So anyone eye rolling about our Chrono Cross? Uh, I mean, yeah, details, I, it's, it's it's hazy for sure. It is very hazy. But I'll, I will be upfront with I don't remember this game that well. <laughs> I remember the soundtrack exceptionally well yep. because it has yep. been a permanent mainstay in my uh, any device I have that will play music. It yep. was it was on me. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I. I feel my mem my my impression of this game is that it did not get its due, mm-hmm. but that might not really be the case. I feel like maybe it ended up people kind of oh yeah, this is actually quite good. It just mm-hmm. didn't live up to trigger, which was kind of an impossible goal anyway. Right. Um, yeah. But I I definitely left this feeling that this was a great game. Yep. Um, three more quick tracks uh, to round out the episode because we got to go. <laughs> uh, is reminisce enduring thoughts, uh, piano led thoughtful tune that uh, for me channels the same kind of in- interpersonal introspective stuff that Trigger did very well. Mm. After that is uh, Radical Dreamers, Unstolen Jewel, a.k.a. the jewel that cannot be stolen. Which the better translation, <laughs> I think, is Radical Dreamers, Le Tresor Interdi, which oh, yeah. my, my terrible French pronunciations there, which, I th- yeah, translates kind of to the similar without all the extra words <laughs> in English there. Yeah, and that's uh, the subtitle of this Ateleview game, so it's like Radical Dreamers... Le Tresor Interdi or whatever, yeah, and then, tell, yeah. a.k.a. The Jewel That Cannot Be Stolen, which was more elegantly called Unstolen Jewel. Or like Treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unstolen Treasure. Similar thing. And I've used this also as a going away song for other things that I've played it on, but uh, that's the ending in your, um, just like the Faraway Times, it's this simple moving ending song after mm. you've completed the game. And I feel like it really feels like it's summarizing this journey and having this bittersweet feeling of like this journey is complete and over and... Some people are better for it. Some people have lost things, but everyone kind of learned something along the way or whatever. (laughs) Um, But the ending itself is also super bizarre. So after you've done this head-spinning story that you've tried to keep straight, the ending itself has scenes of a woman walking around various modern-day locations. And I I swear some of these clips are like 
live action yeah, woman. They were uh, walking around and and I reading into this ending uh, or what the you know, intent of that was because I'm sure at the time in like September 2000 I'm like what right what is happening uh, that it's supposed to imply like in the end of the game semi spoiler although the road to this don't this is not spoiling a single thing in, in another way they end up unifying the two dimensions and kind of rectifying everything, and there's mm-hmm. a, a version of Kid, this ending is supposed to suggest that you're in the unified dimension, and mm-hmm. this is Kid kind of roaming the new unified world dimension, looking for you, the player, to kind of bring it all together. Wow. And that's like one of the interpretations of this ending, that's and which I think is really cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. But the song definitely has a Fleetwood Mac landslide sadness thing to it mm-hmm. going on that... Again, I I hear like three notes of it, and it's like turn it off. <laughs> I, I have to be in the right mood and the right time. Um, but I'm not ending the show because even though this is like my permanent, like my my go to sad play me out song, I'll miss you everybody. <laughs> uh, I want to do something else uh, instead for the ending. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll do these last two songs. So this is enduring thoughts and unstolen jewel, aka French thing that we won't butcher again.
<laughs> and I'm destroyed. But uh, <laughs> so it, beautiful. It is mm. also knowing that that's that's the song that ends the entire Chrono thing because it's damn near been 20 years with nary a peep of there ever being another one. There was just that Chrono break, Chrono break registration man. that fell to the wayside and, and uh, faded into time. And I'm telling you right now, they ever announced that thing, you will hear. Wherever you are on planet Earth, you will hear me erupt. Like the lava screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, only it's just happier, a happier, happier uh, vibe from that. But like, I will. That's that's one of the few game announcements left where like I will I will freak out mm. if that happens to to finally get that next one. And that's got to be. I know there's probably some politics involved because of all the players involved yeah. in making the original, and then to do any follow up, especially at this point, is like. You better bring your A game because, oh, my God, this game is as good as it is yeah. and was like, eh, it's pretty good. I will say we got the Dream Team again in, in the form of Blue Dragon. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they did. Was it the same people? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, Sakaguchi was involved. Toriyama was did the art. Toriyama did the art, And yeah. uh, I, I believe Yuji Horii was involved as well. Man, um, almost everybody. Very, very different. Of course, you know you you can never replicate the exact dev team. Yeah, that the moment in time trigger, and the moment in time is yeah. essential too. So, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know lightning doesn't always strike twice. For sure, that's okay. You know, yeah. Um, um, people sometimes you know sometimes Lo- I appreciate the thunder. <laughs> yeah, li- life happens. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but that wraps up. Uh, this episode. Oh, you put a note in here that Chrono Trigger Cross concert happened in September. Yeah, in Tokyo. And there's another one happening in uh, October or November, I want to say. And they're doing an album, an, or- uh, an official Chrono Orchestra album in 2020 um, that wow. I believe one of my friends, Dale, is going to those concerts. Man. And I am so uber jealous. Uh. <sighs> Man, if there, uh, if there, no if, I don't, if I had more advance notice, I would yeah. love to go to that. Yeah, um, for sure. Man, that would that would wreck me. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like also like seeing like the set list of like the <laughs> potential songs they would play. It's like yeah, uh, give me a whole box of Kleenex here because uh, won't make it without it. Man, I went sure. to see. Uh, SF Symphony did Jurassic Park where they play the movie and the live uh, orchestra plays the music along with it, and I was like, I walk in. I'm guaranteed one million percent. I'm crying during oh, this. Oh man! And uh, absolutely, like so two or two or three different times, I'm just like <sighs> taking the <laughs> deepest breath imaginable, and like, nope, nope, so not that, the dinosaur movie. It's not gonna get me. So that would probably be me with a Back to the Future Symphony mm. concert, and it already happened to me in the form of uh, when I went when I interviewed Nobuo Uematsu mm. uh, in uh, before a Distant Worlds show in New Jersey, and oh. I watched. They they did two concerts th- that day, one during the day, one during the mm. night, and I went to both. But the one during the day, so I had interviewed him. Uh, that video is up on YouTube. Um, and then I went to see the show, and they did the FF6 opera. Oh, wow. And I lost it. Yeah, <laughs> I freaking wow. lost it. I'm like, I hope my brother doesn't turn his head <laughs> to look at me sobbing over here. <laughs> and, like, the weirdest thing is I don't have a very deep nostalgic connection to the FF6 opera because I played – through that game the first time on PS1 in the FF Anthology. I know, that's weird. What? I know, I know. <laughs> FF4, yes. I did sure, play yeah. on SNES. But, um, but like, uh, it was just the whole upbringing from, like, MAGFest and sure. all the people covering yeah. it was when I developed that true appreciation. But then when, once I heard it live in, like, an operatic setting, like, these yeah. opera singers singing the parts and the orchestra in tandem, 
it was just an emotional yeah, volcano. <laughs> just the the reverence for it, and yeah. like this thing that was this coming out of a Super Nintendo or a PlayStation on a CRT yeah. garbage TV yeah. is now. Look at all these people working in unison, yep. working in concert, even. Yes. Uh, to make it real, it and was powerful. That's that's motivating. It was incredible, moving stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Well, I won't be going to those. <laughs> uh. But, so yeah, this brings us to the end of the show, forever. Uh. Or at least <laughs> don't for the, say that. At least for the foreseeable future. Um. Again. This was just to make sure we got this out, and 150 seemed like the perfect time to do it. Like mm. it's a mo- it's a milestone episode. So rather than have this every four every four months, an episode shows up, and mm. then sometimes eight months go by, and there's no there's no anything. It's just not going to have the time or the ability to do this, especially in the coming year. And just wanted to be upfront about that. But this show has been uh, a constant source of joy for me since 2011, which is crazy, uh, almost to the day because we started in October 2011. Mm. Um, and met a lot of people because of the show. I'm trying to think. No, you and I didn't meet because of the show. But uh, I remember Seth at New York Comic Con, Seth Killian, telling me, "Oh yeah, you yeah, were yeah. starting the show." Oh and wow! I was like, "Oh, you're a big game music buff." Well, Brett as well. <laughs> so like, you should talk to him. I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Yeah, and that um, was so yeah. many years ago at this yeah, point. 2011. Yeah, I re I've read every comment on the site. I. Including my essay long ones. I read. I, was I a read. Regular I read show. every one of them, <laughs> and I truly appreciate the different conversations that happen in those comments. Where people like post their their. Even if I don't reply back, it's just like I read those stories, yeah. and I I think about how it reflects back on my experiences. Yeah, I love seeing a whole thread. Like, hey, here's a here's a Vector Man episode, and people are talking about the Vector Man music <laughs> for a week. Like, this is great. Yeah. It um, is. And this has still been such a big passion of mine, and I think every guest that's ever been on definitely want to keep doing this in the future in mm-hmm. some way, but it's just going to be so uncertain for many months to a year plus, so mm-hmm. it's better to just do this and, and loved doing the show. And I've already said that already, but I, yeah, I game music, anyone listening to the show, like it moved you at some point and brought you, to, brought you here. And I also like to think about how much things have changed since we started in 2011. Like everything we just talked about in the show is on Spotify. Yeah. Half the stuff when we were starting was like, you can't. It's literally not possible. Mm-hmm. And it's also pos- probable that the game that I were talking about not even been re-released. But now so many things have been either released the game has mm-hmm. or the soundtracks are getting re-releases or remasters or at least on Spotify. Yeah. So it's much somewhere accessible. It, it seems know. more accessible in a way that you can actually give something back. Yeah. Um, I do not like resorting to YouTube to own music like Same. that's not that's not yeah. a solution yeah granted it's not like i'm putting my cds into cd players but you rip them you make files out of them and then yeah. you want to have that on you and every time i go to japan you better believe i'm gonna splash out and buy an obscene <laughs> amount of game music oh boy I, i've been there yeah. it sucks because it's crippling like the i've said it before like you could give me ten thousand dollars and i would walk into those stores and be like i'll spend it yep. i'll spend every dime <laughs> uh, but I can't do that. So, so I buy like one thing and go, Oh, I guess that's good. So I will say, despite things wrapping up, I am, I've been taking notes on all the great game music coming out in 2019 mm. of, believe me, there's a lot and there's there a lot we a lot. haven't heard yet in the coming months that I'm excited for. Mm. And so if we can't record like an end of the year yeah. <laughs> wrap up or anything, like I need to channel that in some way. I uh, mean, you I'll have... record myself talking and just put it on Twitter or something. I mean, uh, we'll 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 yeah. figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. that should yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, 
But again, you can follow VG Empire on Twitter uh, <laughs> for any like updates or whatever. But I encourage you to go back through the log. If this is somehow your first episode, sorry. But uh, I really go back. I, I feel like other than very few obvious things haven't been done. Mm. Granted, there's still a lot that I still want to get to. We have a StarCraft episode. We that, bar- <laughs> I had a, that on the back burner for like two years. Yeah, though. there's <laughs> like uh, two Ace Combat episodes that have mm. been kind of floating. There's. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we got the Contra ones done. That was definitely one yeah. on my mind. I've wanted to do a Doom episode for for like the whole seven or eight and, years. Uh, Final Fantasy 11 through 11 15. Through 15. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even a lot of the Sega CD. Like I did the Sonic CD with Spencer freaking Nilsson on the show. The composer of, like, all these Sega CD games, like Spider-Man, Echo the Dolphin, Batman Returns, Sonic CD, like, to have him in the room and we talked for, like, two hours, I'm just, I'm floored that that happened. Um, Uh, My biggest uh, VG Empire sin is no Katamari Damas. No Katamari. (laughs) That that also sucks to not have that done. Um, But want to get to all of that someday but yeah. again for now uh please understand please understand is the, the, this whole episode is hashtag please, please understand, understand. Uh, <laughs> it'll make sense yeah, uh yeah. but the the to close us out rather than use one of the two like tearjerker heartbreaking things that yeah. i would normally go out with yeah. i don't want to do that so instead of going out with delightful specchio from chrono trigger it's a good choice which is a silly fun track that is a it plays during sillier lighthearted moments of trigger but also, it plays at the end of time when you go fight Specchio. Specchio. <laughs> this guy in a side room. Of that the end of as time. you, like, he's the god of war. But this silly song plays, and it gets this. And you're supposed to be there, like, an in game boss, more or less. And he's yeah. like, let me test you guys. And as you get stronger, he changes until he eventually gets to his final form. And he just wrecks you. And he's, like, obs- obs- obscenely powerful. Yeah. Um, but it's still just this feeling of, like, Friends hanging out at the end of time. Like, in this moment, the whole universe stops, and we're just here trying to beat each other up in this, like, playful battle. Yeah. Uh, and there's just something fun about that that I've always enjoyed. And so we'll go out with that. This is Delightful Specchio. Yasunori meets uh, two of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, no contest. Top, top-tier top music all around. Uh, again, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, please put your comments in the episode. That is really my metric. I mm-hmm. download numbers are one thing, but I love seeing the point of this is to get people sharing their memories and talking about the stuff. And, so uh, please tweet at me at Patrick Kul. And I did mention I am uh, I was part of a huge fan arrangement album, Chronicles of Time. Uh, it is on Spotify for free. It's the only Spotify credit I have. Yeah. <laughs> if you search that's, my name and it's there, cool. which is pretty cool. I have to say, hey, mom, I'm on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes and and whatnot. Uh, otherwise, uh, I have videos of my performances on YouTube with VG Drum. Uh, please check it out because all the money for Chronicles of Time, the proceeds go to Doctors Without Borders. Hmm. So it felt great to be part of such like a uh, an important uh uh, charitable work so yeah that's uh, awesome. yeah chronicles of time.net check it out i'll continue plugging because it's for a good cause <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean go uh, for it go for it so uh yeah that's that that's about it for me i mean uh it's been real it's been real <laughs> it's been <laughs> eight it's been eight years but it's not like we're going away anywhere like yeah we're still around it'll we, it'll be back someday yeah. but uh just being 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 straight with everybody yeah, uh, again but we'll go out on a, on a positive note here's specchio thank you again everybody and we'll see you soon